1: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila.
0: This is Monica.
1: This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to
2: Satellite Sisters To Go.
0: You are listening to Satellite Sisters. Happy to be with you here this morning. It's Sunday morning here on the West Coast, uh, February 23rd. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, and I'm joined by my big sisters, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. Howdy, Julie. (laughs) It's been a while since we've said howdy. Well, I'm glad you're bringing the Howdy back. Yeah, 2014, Leanne. Great to be with you. That's a good motto too, bringing the Howdy back. And then joining us from her world travels uh, in Ooh. Santa Monica, California, our sister Liz Dolan. Hey, Liz. Thank you, Leanne. Hello, Julie. Leanne,
2: when you just said and on the West Coast, I was thinking to myself, on the West Coast of what? Like, <laughs> What, exactly what continent am I on today? Yes, I just rolled back into town. I'm uh, happy to be back in California,
0: And we are going to hear a little bit more about your trip later on. Of course, we're going to talk about the Olympics winding up this weekend, some news from around the world. We have some spot reviews of various uh, film and musical projects that we've seen recently. But let's face it, our big news this week is that we are very happy to announce that we have won our 11th gracie award for excellence in women's media we'd like to thank the alliance for american women in media for giving us the gracie in best original online programming we did it girls back we to the gracie podium. <laughs> we did
2: it and we didn't have to beg any listeners for votes it's i know just a, it's just a thing that's out there that it's real and we want it fair and square that's
1: well, what podcast pioneers that's what we are
0: we would like to thank you all so much because, you know, frankly, we weren't going to enter. Um, <laughs> because, you know, for a couple of years, we've been competing against the big old radio shows, which has been tough for us. Uh, in the past, of course, no problem. But um, as a you know, self-produced podcast gets a little bit trickier. But we had so many people comment on a specific show. Uh, and that was really our inspiration. People, It was the show we did right after our dad died. And so, you know, not a super happy show, but a super important show. And there were several people on the Facebook page that said spontaneously to other Satellite Sisters, oh, hey, you have to listen to this show from February 29th of last year. It's a really important show. And that kind of got our attention. So I went back and listened to that show. And for the Gracies, we submitted 20 minutes from that show. And that was the show that won. So really, you didn't have to vote, vote, but you did make it happen. So thank you so much, Satellite Sisterhood. We appreciate appreciate it. And um, who's going to the luncheon in New York? Do we have to fight over the one free ticket? Who's going?
2: (laughs) Well, I think as it happens, that luncheon in New York is on the same day that West Coasters, Monica and I, were both going to be heading to Cape Cod for our niece Catherine's wedding that weekend. So,
1: so Liz, I know you can make it happen. That's I just I'm kind of sensing that you and Monica can be our representatives and that you're going to spring for Monica's ticket.
0: Is that right? Yes. <laughs> but we yes, can give we Monica we... the free ticket. Yes,
2: <laughs> give Monica the free ticket. We can both. There's still time, I think, to alter our plane tickets so that instead of flying directly to Boston, we could fly to New York, do the deal in New York City. Uh, and then get ourselves up to the Cape by some other means. So I think we can make it happen. All right,
0: fantastic. That would be good. It would be good to get that award in person because uh, we have persevered, people. We have persevered, and we're back in the Gracie family. So- There you go. No, it's wonderful news. And I know you two sisters have already an acceptance speech
1: that you were planning to give at these earlier award shows that we got (laughs) shut out of, right? So you're good to go with that, right? Lynn, don't you have an excellent award speech ready
0: to go? That's the good thing about the Gracies. I don't believe we were competing against Dan Savage and Savage Love (laughs) Cast. We were not in, he's not in our category of uh media by women for women and about women so we're there where we belong with mindy kalings and and uh you know robin roberts won awards and uh uh happy fun night or whatever that show is big fun night or totally fun night what is that fun night show
2: big fun night, I think
0: big fun. they won it's a
2: very impressive list of winners. If you just google Gracie's twenty fourteen uh you can see how many cool shows and women and different kinds of projects got um got singled out. That's one of the great things about the gracies you can you can always feel good about all the winners right so um so it'll be fun to go and there's both the luncheon and the gala that happens here in l a so Leanne and I were thinking we might also wangle our way into the gallery. Right, we might but... crash
0: that. I mean, go to that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if you li- if you'd like to come out for that, Julie. But... Okay, I'm here in my closet. I'm looking at I've got I've got a Mardi Gras ball dress. I could I think I could repurpose for the award ceremony. So just let me know.
0: Well, uh, but uh, so that's exciting. Uh, I I emailed Liz from abroad, so she was excited to get that. But Liz, you do sound a little tired this morning. Can I say that? You're usually (laughs) full of fun. And uh, speaking of big fun night, we had a big fun night last night, but I think it did you in. I think it did me in. Here's what happened. I've
2: been gone for the last two weeks. Uh, And I got home Friday night. And part of the reason I got home to California Friday night is because five months ago, our sister, Laura Dolan, wife of brother, Brendan Dolan, planned a big fun night for all of us because it's their 20th wedding anniversary. So Laura had... Book of Mormon tickets for all of us. And I know we're going to do a spot review of Book of Mormon later (laughs) in the show, sisters. But the, so so I got home in time to go to Book of Mormon. It was super fun, was
0: it not? Oh, it was just quite an exciting night in Hollywood, right there on Hollywood Boulevard at the beautiful Pantages Theater. Us, many glamorous people. People were really dressed up for LA, Julie. You can't believe it. I mean, oh, cause like,
1: usually it's jeans all the time, yeah, Right, They're pajamas. They weren't wearing their pajamas <laughs> no. and their own boots. No,
2: it's true. <laughs> no, people were really doing it up. And it's in this little mini neighborhood where there appears to be a lot of social life on a Saturday night. Uh, but anyway, so, so we did that. And then the plan was for a little like post theater notch. So we did that. Anyway, by the time I got home last night, I got home and then I needed to walk Ferris because I've been gone since, you know, yeah. So it's like one o'clock now and I'm back in my place and uh, I'm not really that tired because God knows what time zone I'm on. Right. I just I don't even know what day it is because I've crossed the international date line several times this week. So I, I, I'm a little confused. So just as I'm filling Ferris's water bowl, I turn on the TV in the kitchen and there I see that the primetime Olympic coverage is actually repeating itself. Yes. Liz. And yes. And so I get sucked in. And oh. next thing I know is 3.15, I'm laying in bed. Now I'm watching the TV in the bedroom. I watched two hours of Olympics last night <laughs> after I got home at one
1: o'clock. And- and Julia, we got yeah.
0: home at one o'clock at night. Well, what is that? that is- I didn't yeah. even know Sheila could stay up that late. No,
1: that is very, very late for Dolan.
0: You so don't,
2: don't stay up that late. Yes. Well, apparently I was still on Taiwan time. So, um, I- <laughs> so what little Olympics I saw, uh, I saw last night in the middle of the night. So. I as we record this, it is eleven eighteen, Sunday morning, and I've been up since uh, ten twenty. So,
0: <laughs> good for you. Good so for if I you. Sound,
2: sound a little rusty? Uh, that's that. So yes. So here is my mini trip report. I've been gone for a couple of weeks. Uh, the main purpose of my trip, I've mentioned on the show before. Uh, Because I work on the National Geographic channels outside the U.S., on marketing for all the channels outside the U.S., uh, we are starting to promote... Um, an awesome new television show, which is the reboot of the original Carl Sagan Cosmos. So this is Cosmos that starts again uh, on the 9th of March. Check your local listings and uh, it will run all over the world simultaneously. So I was actually on a media tour with the star of the show, super studly astrophysicist, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Excellent. Yes. So um, so the he actually went to four continents, four cities. I did two of those. Other people did the other two. So he went to London first. I did not go to London. Other people did that. Then he went to Singapore. I was in Singapore. Then he went on to Sydney. I skipped Sydney. And then to Mexico City. And that's where I met up with him in Mexico City. So two of my stops, if you're graphing this at home, were Singapore... And Mexico City. Really not that conveniently located. Not close at all. No, no, not not close (laughs) at all. More on that later. Then because I went to Asia a little bit early while he was in Europe, I thought, well, as long as I'm here, I should go to Taiwan because we have a big Taiwan office that I had never visited.
1: But really not that close to Singapore, Taiwan. uh, Thank you, Julie. I didn't really
2: realize that. You're right. I You would think working for National Geographic that I would <laughs> ac- occasionally look at a map about <laughs> – it. it's not just the distance. Distance means nothing to me anymore. Like a, a four-hour plane ride, a 14-hour plane ride, it's all the same. Um, what was different that I failed to account for was the weather. So I was extremely perfectly packed for Singapore and very poorly packed for Taiwan, which was Singapore – Ninety, steamy, sunny. Right. Taiwan, cold, rainy, forty. Really? Yeah. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Again, get the map like it, <laughs> Get a little farther north than Singapore.
2: And our friend Aaron, who lives in uh Taiwan now, who was on the show last month, should have reached out for you, Aaron, for a little <laughs> bit of a um Weather report. Sorry I missed you while I was t- in town. And then when I was in Hong Kong, hello, shout out to Leah and Josh, longtime listeners. They reached out to me. We actually attempted to schedule a rendezvous, but I did not have any evening time. And uh, the one open morning I had, you know, they. They were tempted to blow off their teaching jobs and then just decided <laughs> that going to work might actually be more important. But uh, Leah So that's Josh, they're
0: they're unlike Sheila, they decided they should go <laughs> teach the job.
2: Yes. So so Leah, I really do I owe you a drink, a cup of coffee, whatever you want. Uh, Hong Kong is a great town, but also Cold and kind of wet while I was there. So the so now I'm very poorly packed, moving all over Asia, um, and that's why what you hear in my voice is a little touch of uh, SARS. I seem so, so picked up a little bit of something <laughs> along the way. Very poor packing, but the
0: um, Liz. The big- what's shocking to me is that you didn't have boots because you haven't gone anywhere in the last thirty years of your life without a pair of boots. Like I, know. I just. It will be the middle of winter. is summer here and you have boots on. And I think, well, that is sensible footwear for travel. I mean, it is. You was 80 I... in LA. You came in with a pair of boots. You're like, remember when I bought these to go to Moscow? I was like, yes, <laughs> I do. We're still wearing them in LA. I, yes. I can't believe you got on a plane without boots. Here's what I did. I can't
2: believe it either. I, at the last minute, because it's such a long flight, I thought, oh, I should wear sneakers. And so I put on my athletic shoes, figuring I would need those for the working out I would allegedly be doing in all of the hotel <laughs> gyms, right, yeah. which happened all of once. Uh, so I wore my sneakers on the plane, just going for the total comfort, and then thought, ah, God, there's not a lot of room in my suitcase for a big pair of boots, but it's going to be hot and steamy right. every place I am, so who really needs the boots? So yes, extremely Poor footwear choice, which was a real liability (laughs) the whole way. And I posted something on that on Facebook and people said, well, you're in Hong Kong, just go shop for it. Like shopping Mecca, but didn't really have time for that. Uh, So anyway, it was, what was really fun is to be at some of these premieres for Cosmos in different cultures, in different cities, the way people reacted to the television show, which is like, I won't over promote it. I'm just going to tell you people, it's like, Every hour is a movie unto itself. It's so beautiful. It's so cinematic. It's. Um, when just... does it
0: premiere here in the US?
2: It, March 9th, Leah. Okay. So... Check
0: your local listings. Leon. Well, they you know, our VCR going to, or our DVR is going to really open up after the closing ceremonies <laughs> tonight. <laughs> so, and the end of Downton Abbey. So, we'll bel- Julie, maybe we can cover that on the show. Cosmos. <laughs> Cosmos, still- yes. We're seeking another
1: television show to follow Liz. Okay. So we're open okay. to a lot of suggestions. All right.
2: Well, Cosmos will be airing on Fox on Sunday nights and on Nat geo on Monday nights. So that gives you a lot of flexibility, even without your DVRs fired up um, the uh, you can watch it. Two, three, four times a week if you want to. Excellent. Good. In the United States. And mm-hmm. then, which, I, again, I don't work on the United States. I have it on 200 other channels around the world. So it's it's the, just this small thing is it is the largest launch in television history. I just, I want to really? say that. Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, wow, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. No show That's has impressive. ever. It is. It is. Considering how little I know about television. Yes. I didn't want to,
0: I, <laughs> I want to point out the obvious. That they put you in charge of this is. Yes.
2: Well, apparently it's only if you know nothing about television that you believe you can do a simultaneous launch in 200 markets at the same
1: time. (laughs) Right. Or geography. (laughs) Okay. That seems to be part of it, too. Just free your mind, Liz. Don't worry about maps, time zones, distances.
2: Never mind the 45 different languages that we have to put it into. So this is what makes it really hard to do it all at the same time. And even Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is, by the way, an awesome person, in case you were ever wondering, is he as nice in real life as he appears to be when you see him on The Daily Show? Yes, he is but i think it was the first time he really thought about the fact that in some channels in latin america it's going to be dubbed it won't be his actual voice so he just wanted to know more about how they cast for him in, in other parts <laughs> of the world which which is actually kind of funny to yeah. think about like it's you but it's not you yeah so um anyway so that's i saw the whole tour was taiwan singapore back to Hong Kong which is our central office for Asia so I was working on a bunch of things there then here was the super convenient part the Hong Kong to Mexico City trip yes. so because to really do that it means you're coming back to Los Angeles which is my home and at that point you've already been gone 10 days and the idea of being in your home city is very appealing <laughs> And then you have a six hour layover at LAX to make oh. your connection to Mexico City, which of course is in a different terminal from the one you come into. So the that's when you the fact that you actually have to leave the international terminal and go to a different terminal, that's when you want to make break for it. That's when <laughs> you just wanna
1: <laughs> I know you flew over your house. Yes. Your little yeah. dog, Liz. I know. I that's, it was Paris. really when
2: I was out on the sidewalk, Julie, with my little roller bag, going to another terminal. that was like, I could just jump in a taxi. I could just get in a taxi right now and go home. Uh, but I didn't. I carried on, went down. For some reason, Aeromexico is not in the international terminal. I went down there, checked in. I'm sitting around, waiting in the airport. And I'm just going to, this is a little quiz. This is either, let's say this is. Perfect or pathetic. This is my life. Perfect or pathetic. So I'm sitting in LAX. I've already been traveling for 10 days. My home is about four miles away. I'm killing five hours in a terminal uh, before I go to yet another foreign country. And I choose to spend that time. Watching Downton Abbey on my laptop. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: it's so, perfect. Is that perfect? It is, is perfect. That pathetic, really? That's perfect. pathetic.
0: That is what TV is there for—to take you away from your reality.
2: Okay. Good. So, because I desperately needed that. Because by the boo, like when you're in all these other countries and you think, "Oh, I'll just go to NBCOlympics.com and watch stuff." <laughs> I don't think so. No. People. No. Yeah. Geo blocking. You've heard of it. Yeah. So. Have I would see like news reports on the various news channels, like Sochi recaps for two minutes, but really not a lot of competition. Well, I'm going to tell
0: you later on in the show what you missed. I have just like a a 20 second recap. So, oh, thank you. Okay, okay. (laughs) Okay.
2: So I'll have the two hours of last night and then the 20 seconds today. So. Julie, I know you know this because you do a lot of international travel and stay in a lot of international hotels. When you're in these international hotels, you don't exactly get the local channels, mm-hmm. right? The, yeah. the channels that would be carrying the Olympics would be the local sports channels and things, <laughs> but you don't get those. In an you inter-
1: get the international hotel package channels, exactly.
2: Right? You're getting BBC International. You're getting CNN International. You're getting Pearl TV in Hong Kong. So this is all, you know, it's international news. Uh, and then, of course, you're getting National Geographic Channel mm-hmm. in almost every hotel in the mm-hmm. world. So the news I was seeing was this. It was... Um, Venezuela, civil unrest in Venezuela has resulted in eight deaths lately. So things look very poor in Venezuela. Then they go to Thailand, where protesters have been killed by police. And actually, just today, there was a deadly bomb attack where two people were killed. Uh, so there's that. So that's so you covered Latin America, now you get Asia, then you move to Europe and that's where all the news from the U- Ukraine is coming through. So obviously there have been dozens of deaths there. That situation looks really bad and you have the dramatic return of Yulia Tymoshenko. So Venezuela, Thailand, Ukraine. There is like there's just no there's no entertainment in that lineup. At all. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm not, these are very important news stories. I'm glad I was aware of them. It wasn't until, it was only reading Leon's blog and then coming back to the United States that I realized the actual leading news in the world was Johnny Weir and (laughs) Terrell. Yes. Yes.
1: (laughs) Certainly in LA. I know that's the news. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Because said, by the time I got to Mexico and I was asking them about the Olympics, they're like, Oh yeah, we've only got that one crazy guy. The Prince dressed as the mariachi. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, so that's it. That's all I know about the Olympics is that Mexico has one entrant and he's some 55 year, Fifty-five-year-old Prince dude, right? Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. It's it, they're calling him like the most interesting man at the Olympics. Well, Liz, okay. I'll just do my Olympic recap for you now. Then I, I know so. I think she needs it, Leah. I think you should just. We were going to wait, but I can see, yeah. Liz. Yeah. Okay, it's, now, it's
1: Julie,
2: but... you can fill me in on the rest of the Ukraine news. Yes, I I'm will. very <laughs> interested in that. But okay, Liam uh, the rundown. Okay, did, here's here's did I, what you missed, anything?
0: and this is all from the point of view of the United States. Okay, I can't okay. I, I I can't be responsible for everybody in the world. Okay, Liz, the United States can twizzle, but we can no longer speed skate. Okay, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's a twizzle? That's the ice oh, dancing. Don't we, say that. We won trouble. the ice dancing, Liz, but we like I think we got a single medal in speed skating. We. Wow. Everybody was shut out except the Dutch who won everything. The Dutch won everything. Okay. So that's what you need to know about okay. that entire sport. Okay. okay. Here's some good news, though. We really killed it in freestyle skiing, Liz. We won like every freaking medal. I don't in sports that you have never seen before, you didn't know existed. You can't believe they've entered the Olympic family everything you could possibly do on skis or snowboard. Well, particularly the freestyle skiing, we killed it, Liz. We did it. We did really well.
2: Okay. I like that because I think all of those are really more of a lifestyle than they are a sport. Yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> a, they are certainly a culture. Because, yes. Yeah, yeah. Of, of, you know, I enjoy I'm, every bit of it. Uh, okay. All right. That's good news, Liam.
0: Thank you. In the downhill skiing, Liz, not so good going fast, but good turning quickly. All right, that's what you need to know. The US <laughs> can't go downhill very fast anymore, but boom, 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 we can turn really fast. Gold medals for uh, two Americans in the GS, uh, Ted Ligety, and that adorable Michaela Schifrin. Oh. So there you oh. go. So I did manage to catch
2: that Friday night when I got home in the fall. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, here's, here's a this is important. So follow along. Uh-huh. We're pretty good in hockey, but not as good as the Canadians. Oh. <laughs> Just across the board, we oh darn it, pretty darn good. <laughs> oh Canada, <laughs> but- you know. <laughs>
2: But it I thought really, we beat it the really, Russians. I thought we beat the Russians, and doesn't that mean you win the whole thing? No, no. I know.
0: No, we weren't even close to winning the whole thing. Uh, that's that's because of Canada, Liz. Canada. Right. Oh. Mm-hmm. So Canada got both gold medals. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. But you know that's what they got. That's their birthright, and you know never underestimate a Canadian with a hockey stick. I think is another lesson we learned. This. Okay. Olympics. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then. Julia. It doesn't matter if you didn't win a, a medal, Liz, because everybody comes home from Sochi with a puppy. <laughs> yes. Don't How worry. does that happen? I don't know, Liz, but Olympians left and right are coming home with puppies. After <laughs> yesterday's dismal performance by the U.S. hockey team, guess what they announced today, Liz? They're bringing home some puppies. This is now the new PR trick. Whether you win the gold medal, like the adorable freestyle skiing boys, the new direction of freestyle skiing, the three Americans that swept, they're all bringing home puppies. Lindsay Jacob Ellis, no gold medal ever, but she's bringing home a puppy and that U.S. hockey team Bringing home puppies. So there you go, Liz. Oh. That's the Olympics in twenty seconds.
2: So, so Lindsay Jacobellis didn't win again. Is no. she like the, she's like the Dan Jansen of Olympics
0: she, now? She is, Liz. Close yep. but no
2: cigar. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I,
2: I hope she enjoys that puppy. That she's will be a lifetime of pleasure.
0: Yes, it will. Yes, it will. So there you go. When in doubt, bring home a puppy. So
1: <laughs> that's not what you so Liz, this means that you never saw Bob Costas' eyes either.
2: I, I, Here's know? what I saw, Julie. I left town the, the morning after the opening ceremonies. Uh-huh. So I saw him when he was still pretending to be TV ready. You know, okay. he had his glasses on and he was apologizing for an eye infection, but he had not admitted at that point that it was pink eye, I don't believe.
0: No. Right. Okay. So
2: how long was he gone for?
0: <laughs> Almost a full week. Too long, And even it was-, it was good for memes though. Some fantastic Bob Costas eye memes. So that's excellent. Uh-huh. <laughs> so of scary Bob Costas eye. And of course, then his eye had their own its own Twitter account and everything. It became a thing, Liz. Okay. While well, you right. were gone, it became a thing.
2: It was a thing. It was a thing that I missed. I did read that it meant that Meredith Vieira became the first woman ever to host solo host primetime Olympic coverage. Good for her. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. know a lot about sports though. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I like Mer- she, Meredith Meredith very she's much.
1: Reading the teleprompter. Yeah. Liz. That's all she was doing. Yeah. yeah. I we really like Meredith. I yeah. know she has a new daytime show coming out, and I wish her a lot of luck with that. But she was not really getting
0: you in the mood no. to watch the competition. Yeah. No. So they
2: should have gone with like Mary Carillo or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Someone yeah. who knows a- anything about sports. I mean, really, yeah. Meredith will tell you she doesn't know anything about sports. So it's not she's been to Olympics before. And so but she was there in the studio announcing. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and next year, she'll probably win a Gracie for it. So, <laughs> So what do we know?
2: Well, tonight, Mary has her special Tanya, Nancy documentary airing at 7 p.m. I looked it up last night at three in the morning while I was setting my TiVo for everything today in case I was asleep by that hour in the early evening. So um, and, you know, Mary actually got um, Nancy Kerrigan to talk to her. So I think that is worth tuning in for people.
0: Yeah, there. Yes. Looking forward to that. Uh, Wrapping up the week. And then I have to go back to my real life. My gosh. It was okay. exhausting. <laughs> it is.
1: I have to say, this is such an odd sensation to be talking to you, Liz, uh-huh. and not having you be in the know about, about, about the Olympics, about the Olympics, and about sports. It is so disorienting to me that you don't know what a twizzle is, and I don't. <laughs> what I want you to do is listen back to this podcast because what Leon has told you is the truth. <laughs> if you just memorize what she has just told you about the Olympics, you won't embarrass yourself and say, "What is the so puppy
2: (laughs) but as far as I could tell Julie again from afar from an app I downloaded onto my phone so I was getting headlines from the Olympics the big winners appeared to me to be Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski
0: they were breakout hits Breakout sensation. So, and now they've got a gig to do fashion, Oscar fashion commentary. So I hope they can do with that what they did with the Olympics. I enjoyed them very much. They made the daytime coverage incredibly fun. Uh, I have never been a fan of the nighttime, the primetime NBC team, and um, – I, I just thought they brought a lot of levity and youth and vigor, but also a lot of knowledge to their commentary. And, and they were matching gold headbands, Liz. So yeah. that is not something you see. And if you could just for one minute go back, if you taped one minute of it to see Dan Patrick's face when he has to go to Johnny Weir. And John, Johnny <laughs> Weir is wearing a gold olive crown headband. <laughs> it is. It's the best. Dan (laughs) does not break because Dan's a pro. (laughs) So... But it is a
1: moment, and I think it was their lightness. I mean, they were—they're certainly experts, but it was their levity. It was that they were—they—they they brought their own stuff. They came at it with a totally different approach, and I think that helped in the Olympics because, as you know, Liz, it started. There was all this bad news, and quite frankly, there were plenty of you know events, as Leon told you, you know, that we didn't do very well in. No, this. like so shut out.
0: Not even <laughs> like just <laughs> shut out
1: shut and out i was
0: trying to be kind to the, all those I, I, hey but you know to, one for the old guys bodie pulled the medal out right yeah yes. no yeah. well you missed yeah. that horrifying oh there's so much you all missed right. liz i was Sorry trying there. just to I'm wrap gonna, it up for you but
1: i'm gonna have to give you a tutorial but yeah even
0: that moment was spoiled
1: and ruined uh, by the, <laughs> the, the post ski interview so that was very controversial but i think with through all the controversy they were you know they did a great job. And again. The Olympics was in Russia, Liz, and then just to to swing back, like the whole, you know, backdrop with Putin there and he's got all the plastic injectables in his face and showing up at events and, you know, and the Russians are winning or, you know, they won in the medal count. Oh, they did? Yes, they did win, the Russia. And then just up the road, you have Kiev is on fire, you know, that they have like taken that city apart. And then you have the Sochi dogs running around. I mean, you know, so there was a lot of hardness to this Olympics. And so I think that's, that's another reason why Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski were, they were so welcome. And it was such a, you know, such a relief to have them in all their, you know, wonder wonderment on the air because, because, because there there was a lightness about it. Julie, so I think fun, that's a good. Is more fun than
2: Billy, Billy Bush?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good analysis. I mean, Liz, at one point, a Russian freestyle skier broke her back. Okay. Seriously injured in grave condition. And guess who shows up at her bedside? The mm-hmm. angel of death, Vladimir Putin. I mean, can, <laughs> can you imagine if you are, like, in grave condition in a hospital room and Vladimir Putin shows up?
1: You would think so, this is the end. This is it. It is the end. That <laughs> you just leave the room. Somebody's going to do you in. Yeah. I was like, yeah.
0: this is your big PR moment, Vlad? I mean, this is, like, Vlad the Impaler showing up at you. <laughs> it's unbelievable.
1: So anyway, but it was so... So listen to this, t- listen to this podcast, okay, write down what Leon has told you, and you will not embarrass yourself as you go forward, Liz. Okay. It, will, it will really help you a lot. All right. So.
2: This is why I count on Gracie award-winning podcasts, to keep me, <laughs> to keep me up to date. Uh, speaking of serious things, though, Julie, I did want to ask you about the news in the Ukraine, because that look, that was obviously getting increasingly uh, dangerous as the weeks went on. And I know it must have been very difficult for the athletes from the Ukraine who were in the athlete village, not knowing what to do and whether to stay and whether to compete. I had read that there was some of that. But back in Kiev, it's the return of Yulia Tymoshenko, who I know we used to talk about a lot on Satellite Sisters (laughs) during her first rise to power.
1: Right, because at that time, she co-led the Orange Revolution, which was in 2004. I was living in Moscow, Russia at the time, and she was one of the leaders of the Democratic um, Revolution in the Ukraine. And you remember her because she had that perfectly coiffed blonde braid. You know, she's got the Heidi thing going. And that was her signature look. And that she was, but she went on to become prime minister but then was thrown in prison a couple of years ago because um, because of abuse of office. So I'm not certain about her character. I mean, I don't want to go on this podcast and say that she is a great democratic leader and we should all get behind her because she is a controversial character. And I, I'm not I'm not so certain that you know that some of the corruption charges against her. I don't know. They might not be true. But what what struck me was, um, you know, during this whole demonstration that was going on, and what's really dramatic to see is if you look at the picture of Independence Square in Kiev before these riots started, and then after, like today, what has happened to that Independence Square, they, the protesters, brick by brick, have destroyed that, that square. They decided they were not going to leave, and that was the only weapons they had against the soldiers with the guns and the gas and the water cannons. They just had the bricks from the square, and they took them apart. It's it's very dramatic to look at those two pictures. But they also, uh, when the president... Um, we sh- uh, Yanukovych now, who is a left, allegedly he has left Kiev. He's headed to the eastern Russian part of Ukraine. That's where he is now. And they got Yulia Tymoshenko out of jail, uh, where she has been for two years. But what struck me when you see the picture for her, because she was she was in a wheelchair. You know she's you know trying to lead the troops, and I know she's going to give a speech today. But she has been in jail for two years, so she has not had the opportunity to have her hair done in two years. And, you know, this is something where, which is only for a female leader, you know, it would be an issue. You know, like if, you know, it would. but this was her signature look. To right, her. right. A lot of
2: her identity was wrapped up in the braids. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't just good hair day versus bad hair day. She she had just excellent hair day after excellent mm-hmm. hair day
1: because it's the traditional Ukrainian style of of how you how women would wear her your hair. So what she's so as you look at the picture of her last night as she came out, she of course has completely black hair now, not blonde hair, but someone must have been sent out like quick, go get Yulia a blonde braid. Oh. And they did in fact that. And if you see it, they have some like, you know, platinum blonde braid that she has, like, slapped on her oh, black hair. Oh, goodness. I'm looking there, at
0: it like, now. She, yes, well, she looks see. unrecognizable. She's right. aged. Oh, she no, looks sick. She's and, a bit, yeah. Because she's,
1: in she's right. been in a Ukrainian prison for two years. Yeah. So, you know, maybe not. maybe not the best place in the world to be. But I just was so struck with, you know, where a man, this wouldn't be an issue, but for But for a female leader, sometimes, you know, how your physical appearance is so important. Mm -hmm. And for her, you know, to have that braid, even if she's got the black hair and it's the blonde braid, she, you know, she got
0: that together.
1: So, wow. uh, a small yeah.
0: detail here. Yes. You know, this is just um, oft. Uh, we uh, this is a spontaneous comment uh, about f- world leaders and their hair uh, females. Um, this week, I got some notes from the translator in Hungary who is translating Elizabeth, the first wife, into Hungarian. Right? It's very exciting for the Hungarian version of my book. And she said, I have some notes. You know, I, there's some things I don't understand. Uh, and some of the phrases and references. References I, I could totally get. And then it came down to, like, number eight on the uh, list. And it just said, what is helmet head? <laughs> 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 so I was like, it described somebody's hairdo as a helmet head. So I just responded back. I was like, think Margaret Thatcher this is what I else- said. <laughs> What I send back. That's really a
2: good international reference. Yes,
0: to the Ukrainian translator. Like I don't know how that trans I don't know how Margaret Thatcher's hairstyle translates into Hungarian, but that that's what you should be thinking about. Now, so, tell me
2: again i know you announced what the name of your book is in hungarian oh
0: liz don't make me say it i don't oh. know liz <laughs> I don't, all i know is it's a girl in a sexy t-shirt oh it it's called like oh t-shirt. the actual hungarian name no. i don't know but it's no, called just like, the
2: translation
0: i love oh um from william with love <laughs> okay sexy <laughs> so i <got laughs> helmet head anyway <laughs> all right. But again, uh, signature look. So okay.
2: All right. So we're moving on to our spot reviews now <laughs> that we've covered all the major cultural happenings. Um, Julie, you had a uh, a movie moment.
1: Yes, yes. We had a little. My husband and I had a little uh, Friday night date night, and we went to see The Monuments Men. Have you heard about this movie? It sounded sounded so good. Yes, you know, about it sounds good. I mean, uh, the, cast the way is... you say that.
2: The way you say that is kind of a tip off. <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to rush right out and see that.
1: Okay, well, it's you know sounds great. Hardy band of unlikely soldiers who try to retrieve stolen art from the Germans. It's you know it's based on a real story, a real group of so- soldiers. And listen to this all star cast: Liz, George Clooney, Matt Damon, Bill Murray, Kate Blanchett or Blanchett or however you ever say your last name. <laughs> John Goodman and Leon making a guest appearance. Lord Grantham is in the movie oh, as well. But... Hugh Bonneville, he's in the movie. Okay, so but that sounds I, fantastic. It does sound fantastic. World War Two. You know, I just had very high hopes, but. I now know how this movie was made. Here's how this movie, how the movie, The Monuments Men was made. It was George Clooney. You know, he's sitting at his villa in Italy and he just calls up. He calls up his good friend, Matt Damon, and he said, hey, I got this movie. It's about the this Monuments Men. And Matt says, sure, I'm in. And then he calls up his other good friends, Bill Murray, John Goodman, calls up Kate. Will you be in the movie? They all say, yes, yes, I'll be in it. Now, here's the problem. There is no script in this movie, but that that is not a problem when you're George Clooney, right? Okay, so obviously what they had, because, I mean, there is a scene in this movie where Matt Damon and Kate are, you know, they're in Paris together and it's supposed to be very dramatic. But as you watch this scene, you can really see that Matt and Kate are just totally surprised to be to see each other and they are both have the look on their face like, Oh, you're here? You're in this movie too? Because <laughs> I think this movie was like made on weekends, like they would get two because none it sounds like it's going to be a band of soldiers. No, no, no. Somehow it's shot so there's only two of them together in any one scene Uh. made this movie like over a couple of weekends and like nobody John Goodman has no idea what what Bill Murray is doing in this movie you know and 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 Matt Damon never is with George Clooney you just don't I mean it's so
0: Oh, so
2: it's no Ocean's Eleven
0: no that's I
1: thought it
2: was oh
0: that's what I thought it was like band of art historians Yeah, yeah
1: Oh. Yeah, no, 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 no. But it, that's if it was as bad as Ocean's Eleven, I, that would have been fine because they would have all been together. Yes, but this they just seem to like like knock off random scenes where they're just where they each where each actor is like, well, do you know what we're supposed to be doing here in this scene? No, no, I don't know. You go first. You start talking, and then I'll start talking, and we'll pick something. Else. I mean, it's the worst. I mean, haven't all those people won Academy Awards, like Kate Blanchard? Sure, yeah. You know what's interesting,
0: Julia, is before this was supposed to be a big awards season movie. And then clearly they made up the story that, oh, it wasn't ready for awards season. We couldn't get the special effects done in time. And then they just dumped it in January. So there you go. It was had nothing to do with the special effects. It was just a terrible movie.
1: <laughs> it was a terrible, with no script, that they just were like... A couple of weekends they got together, and it's just a pity because it's a great story, yeah, and yeah, it, you could just in your mind imagine that it could have been so much more dramatic or meaningful. <laughs> the scenes, everybody is just terrible in this movie. So, did, did your so, husband
2: feel the same way about yes, it? Yes,
1: yes, we he was the one that came up with the scheme that it was like George uh, Clooney, <laughs> you know, thought this up in his villa in Italy, and that he, you know, that because they just. They seem like they don't, they're really surprised to see the other people. Like when Lord Grantham is in a scene, it's like, "Who? what is he doing here? Or who are these people in the room? You know, they just don't know. Anyway, oh. so that's, that's how, that's all I can tell you. So, I mean, what? if you're on a plane, Liz, which obviously you will be shortly. Yeah. I wouldn't shy away from it. You know, wow. it won't hurt you. This movie will not hurt you, but um, it's, okay. it's, uh,
0: you, it's, we could have done a better job. Okay. Um, well, that's... last night we went to see the book of Mormon joy and, oh, cool. uh, so, th- is you know, it is a, it is a laugh riot, but it is not for the faint of heart is what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is like all the best of musicals and all the worst of South park humor. Together. Like, it's a highly professional musical with an unbelievable score, a tight script, character development. They are singing and dancing and dancing and singing and singing and dancing for two and a half hours. This cast does not stop singing and dancing and dancing and singing. But some of the things they are singing and dancing about, you will find offensive. Julie, (laughs) there is no doubt. I don't think this is the musical for you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I. I. That's a good review, Leon. I appreciate that. But
2: let me jump in here. I would say that it was much better than I expected. I really expected it to be a singing and dancing South Park, and so I had reservations. It is much more clever. And much more um, thought through than what I think of as the South Park style humor. So I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And, and precisely because of what leigh just said, the singing and dancing is unbelievable. They're having so much fun in every scene that you just, you can't help but have fun. Yes, some of the material is a little bit lewd. And if
0: you're... If I jokes, would say 50%. 50%. 50, well, 50, I mean, yeah, no,
2: that's a lot. It is. Oh,
0: mom would not like this musical. (laughs) As Sheila used to say in her movie reviews, who would not like this musical? Mom. (laughs) Most moms. (laughs)
2: But But, as Leanne observed earlier, it was like an incredibly dressed up psyched up crowd at the theater in Los Angeles you just you just don't see that very much people really getting dressed up like they're going to a broadway show so there was an excitement in the theater and you could tell that there were quite a few people in the theater including the girl sitting next to lean for whom this is like their third or fourth or fifth visit to Book of Mormon. There is a cult following. People love this show. And the younger you are, I mean, uh, above the age of 16, (laughs) I think the more you would really love this. I enjoyed it a lot. There was nothing in it that actually offended me. But, you know, if you're offended by a lot of (laughs) jokes about God
0: or – Okay. <laughs> or other things we can't talk about on a Gracie award-winning <laughs> podcast. If you're offended by those things that, I don't know, most people are offended by, you'll be offended by this.
2: <laughs> Just You know, body parts that you don't normally hear in lyrics is what I would say. That's That are hard to, picture. I body think. parts that are hard to rhyme to, yeah. and yet they manage to figure out how to do it. And so I thought it was really, really a lot of fun. It was. But not for, Definitely for an adult audience, but people there were so psyched to be there, weren't they, Liam? Yeah.
0: I mean, they started, you know, it's one of those things when the curtain goes down and people start hooping and hollering, that's a good sign that people are psyched to be there. No, it was a very enthusiastic crowd. And the show, it was a huge theater and it was sold out. And the most amazing thing, if you, if Los Angeles, it makes the Dolans crazy because almost everything starts 10 minutes late hear everything things like the theater start 10 minutes late because people start on time? people don't get there on time everyone was in their seats at eight o'clock i mean i can't tell you how many theater performances we've been to where like 10 minutes into the first half if there's a scene change like oh then 100 people show up for their seats <laughs> it's just crazy People were actually there on time, which is quite a A sign.
2: But, of course, you'll appreciate this, Julie. So, this was a secret plan. So, it was our sister-in-law, Laura, surprising her husband, Brendan, our brother, little brother, Brendan, big brother if you're Leanne, for their anniversary. So... Brendan knew that Laura was taking him out, but didn't know what the plan was. And they live about an hour south of L.A., so it was some kind of big outing in L.A. So the idea was to just surprise him at the theater. But, of course, we got there so early. That is me, Leon, Leah's husband, Barak, and Sheila – we got there so early that we met in advance for drinks and snacks. We were, we were like a block away um, in a lounge having, you know, a little bit of a pizza and hors d'oeuvres thing uh, because we were all there like an hour and a half early, of yes. course. Well, then Laura texted me that, of course, she and Brendan were there an hour early, too. <laughs> so they were down the block at another bar <laughs> having <laughs> hors d'oeuvres, killing time before the secret meetup at 8 o'clock. So so we paid one check at a bar, having had, you know, some drinks and some food, went and surprised Brendan and Laura at another bar where there were more drinks and more food. And then we ran across the street to the theater, which was a lot of fun. But then the original plan was that we were going to have post-theater drinks And food because
1: because none of us were
2: supposed to have been there before. We all just all got there so early we had already eaten and drank. So because it was Laura's plan that there was going to be a post-theater activity, we all went along for the post-theater activity. So then there was round three of drinks and food before
0: we headed off and Liz did you notice that at all three of those restaurants they served exactly the same thing like (laughs) it didn't matter one was like Italian one was like Californian we had like flatbread pizza it it was all the same thing at every I said to Beric this morning was that me or was all that food the same at the many many (laughs) places we had food last night
2: No, no. Yes, and our final stop was a place called Bezos, which Liam pointed out to me. You said that's Eva Longoria's place? Yes, Eva Longoria owns
0: it. So she was not there. Uh, She was not there. But But... a
2: lot of the women in there were sporting the Eva Longoria look. Yes. At one point, Sheila even said, was that Beyonce that just walked by? I know true it was a very dressed up beautiful crowd and then we were the oldsters in the corner
0: booth they they literally put us in a booth that you we could not be seen by the rest of the restaurant
1: Yeah, that's good it was good so you don't bring down the crowd everybody's having a good time yeah
2: they don't (laughs) want to think their parents are there (laughs) so i would recommend book of mormon if you're like You know, if you're just up for anything and you're not easily offended. Mm -hmm. But I can see why. And judging from our email, many of our listeners might not be in that category.
0: (laughs) Yes. So so. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, all right, so what do people have planned this week? Anything? Well, Julie, you and I, of course, have to watch the finale of Downton Abbey because people... I know are... there's
1: been a lot of press about the fin- finale. Oh, see, I've missed it. Read... I've okay, missed so it. Okay, don't read it okay. because it's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be a doozer. So just, uh, just be a doozy? A, doo- <laughs> a doozy? I think a doozer. A doozer. Is that not it? A doozy? Is it a swizzle? A twizzle? A sochi dog. I don't know. Can I ask a question about nose butter?
2: Yeah. Like I, I heard that as an Olympic term bandied about. Is that, yes. Was... Was I just making that up in the middle of the night in China?
0: What no, is that? no, that is a jump that they do in the freestyle skiing. Liz, there are so many freestyle skiing events now, I can't even keep them straight. There, there's, there's, oh, okay. there's things in pipes and things in courses and things down mogul hills and then it, just and- things with massive jumps and rails. So the nose butter is a like a rail. Uh, it's one of the, no, if you get, no, it's a jump term. It's a jump term from that. I forget slope style is what they called it. I'm sorry. The slope style skiing. (laughs) That's that that, there are so many, and I think they're still going to run biathlon events for the next four years. I can't, there are so many, don't don't say, don't say anything about them. I know. I know you love it. I I
1: really do love biathlon. Okay. I loved all the cross country events. They were very, very beautiful to watch and very
0: dramatic. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so that's it. I don't know. There'll be some letdown. We've got Downton Abbey. I, I guess I have to go back to a regular work schedule. You know, that's me rough. Yeah. yeah back to I
2: work. could sort
0: of justify it because I was doing the random thoughts like, well, I'm working here. I'm working. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a working worker. And, uh, but <laughs> I got to get back to work. Yeah. And then, well,
2: <laughs> next week is that uh, we could start to get excited about the Oscars. Is anyone, uh psyched about that. Oh, I really oh that was another thing, up. Julie. We had to get out of the neighborhood. We were all conscious. Uh, this neighborhood we were in last night for the theater, it was right around where the, um, what do they call it now? The Dolby Theater. It's oh, the, does it have a the, new name? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Kodak went bankrupt. Oh. so It's no longer oh. the Kodak Theater. It's called the Dolby Theater. So they were <laughs> They were shutting down the whole street, starting at like midnight last night, Julie, to get ready for the Oscars next weekend. Really? Oh, yeah. well, that's
1: yeah. quite a bit. Okay. So, so we were
2: really where the action was last night, and then we then we got out of there. <laughs> so yeah, so next weekend, Oscar weekend, we can uh, start to get excited about that.
0: All righty. All right. Well, everyone have a great week, Liz. I hope you feel better, recover, go back to bed if you need it. Julie, I will talk to you Tuesday morning, okay? Yes, Liam, we will talk. Okay. <laughs> All right. And don't Take forget. Care, Liz. <laughs> Thanks, Jewel. Call your satellite sister.